going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Broadcast, coming at you not live from a series of frock quarters. I'm Vince Mancini. Uh, we got a whole gang here. We got Joe Sinclitico. We got Bobby Hacker. And with us, as always, we got the irregular regular, Mr. But Matthew But it wasn't Lieb. a bot. It was a bot. Lobster, lum lum. I don't know, man. Fuck, <laughs> lum lum. Dun 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 dun. Rock dun, dun, lobster. Dun, dun, lum dun, 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 dun. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Uh, it's very exciting because this is the tech. This is the text thread group. Uh, yeah. This is the text thread. <laughs> yeah, this is everyone in the text thread all getting together finally to like, hey, let's talk about the stuff we, we talk about in the text thread, or at least, uh, you know, some of it. Yeah, that's a lot of the stuff. Such a- <laughs> Yeah. Like an NPR adjacent title for a podcast. Welcome yes. back to the, te- the text thread. <laughs> this is just a subject matter real subject matter that we bring up uh, in our day to day lives well, uh, in a text well, thread. It's actually it actually has a better name than that. Maybe maybe Bobby could tell that story. <laughs> that's a great story. I mean, I laugh every time I see that there's a message from the the text thread, which is uh, titled. <laughs> I can't say that um, Latin plump humpers, <laughs> and, and it's like so, uh, you said a profile picture for the text thread that is. Uh, yeah. It looks like um, uh, a 1980s uh, Latino man uh, holding some titties. Well, it's the cover for the DVD of Latin pl- or the VHS of Latin plump humpers. Oh, yeah, it's is an that actual, it's an actual movie? It's oh. a movie called Latin plump humpers. Yeah. That was so it's, a, such it's a, like a pornography. Yeah, it is. I feel yeah, like, like that one was day, like, so much more innocent back then. Like now, there would be incest <laughs> involved somehow. Yeah. Like one of them would have to be the other step sibling at least. Yeah, the fucking the the kink in the eighties was like, oh, these guys are Latin. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and they like you know, uh, they like girls who are plump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people were like wow sign me up sketch her latin <laughs> this is dirty yeah. now it's like uh you know these guys it needs to be like ms13 fucking isis <laughs> have you guys seen sometimes there's like you know in like Pornhub, there will be like uh like a whole section of like women in hijab like like fuck fucking women in, in hijabs and it's just like I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like that's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. That's like depicting the prophet Muhammad, but worse. Yeah. That's a, that's a HJJ. What? What? You, oh, hijab, hand job? A ha- hijab job. A hijab job. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. good. <laughs> you guys, I know you guys like comedy, so I feel like I got a really good clip to play for you. Oh, do you have some stand-up comedy to play for yeah, us? Yeah, yeah. This was a comedy set <laughs> inside the show, uh, and just like that, which is the Sex in the City sequel or the Sex yes. in the City what I don't know reboot. I feel like they could, they should have just called it Sex in the City. Yeah, continued. Why the fuck? That was the biggest stupidest. Because yeah. they because they they're all middle aged and they knew that it wasn't really going to be about fucking. Which oh. it, it, the the original show wasn't either. It was I mean it was Samantha did all the fucking while yeah. uh, everyone else just complained, just nagged at their <laughs> lovers. Well, that's what women get together and do, Matt. Obviously. Oh, they just just a bunch of fucking just 
turkeys go gobble 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 it's come gobble 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 shut not like men men have we have podcasts together on yeah intellectual anyways are you playing it because i can't hear anything yeah sorry my life i've dated men i've dated women i've dated men who actually know how to please a woman he was nice um i've dated pretty much everyone in here cheer if i fucked you cheer if you fucked me cheer if you want me to fuck you <laughs> when you said VIP seats, I assume there'd actually be seats. Because it's it's standing room only there. Yeah, okay, so this is like, for those of you who don't know what's going on. There's a character in this because I'm now watching the series. I'm deeply invested in it because I watched all of Sex in the City with Francesca, and now you know, including both movies. It's great to put on after you watch something that like requires brain power, and then you just put on the stupidest thing in the world, and you're like, oh wow, look, she's wearing a different hat now. It, yeah, it, oh, dude, it would be, yeah, it would it would be a good set if she had just repeatedly said cheer if you want me to fuck you. Like just yeah, came out with that over and over. You want me to fuck you. <laughs> In a way, it's very similar to a Joe Clinico set. Cheer if you want me to fuck you. But like, so in this new version of sex and the city um fucking uh carrie uh sarah jessica parker is um now a podcaster mm-hmm. um and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> really yes she's now she now has a podcast which she goes into a really fancy oh studio to do and uh, i'll tell you this the podcast sounds a lot like a morning zoo radio show there's a lot yeah. of like uh like bumpers where someone will go trigger warning um and uh and so her co-hosts are bobby lee and this woman that you're hearing now who is um she's not a comedian she is uh she's an actress and um but she plays a comedian but you know what i think she kind of is in her own right now in her own right you know she's yeah. i think she's definitely got a comedic voice uh and yeah so now they're going to her live comedy concert uh, that they've said a couple of times, and it's standing room only. I swear to God, th- nobody who worked on this show has ever been to sta- a stand-up show <laughs> ever, ever. That it's insane. No, it's great because you're like you get this weird LSD vision into like what somebody thinks comedy looks like, and it's uh, right. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> when you said VIP seats, I assume there'd actually be seats. You know, a lot of people have no idea how to process gender individuality. And that is because every time we are represented in mainstream media, we have to be from some other galaxy, right? Or like some super skinny model, or like uh, an ethereal magical elf with an ethereal magical elf septum nose ring. Oh, and check it out. When we are earthbound, we are always at a murder scene. Never at a birthday party. You know that old trope about trans people <laughs> always being at a murder scene? What? <laughs> ethereal. What the fuck was the elf? Ethereal magical with elf ring? with an ethereal magical you, septum piercing. I mean, duh. Yeah, yeah, don't. You can't use ethereal twice in a row that in qu- such quick succession. Well, succession. You got to use it three times. Rule of threes, dude. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> also, well, what, fucking was what fucking movie is that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like I, a fucking trans elf with a fucking nose ring. Who's at a murder it's, scene? It's definitely like it. It's definitely um, a white dude <laughs> uh, who's just kind of like guessing what are trans yeah. grievances again. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like, their portrayal in media is the uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like the thing. So he wrote like they wrote like a a think piece about trans portrayals in media, uh, like from the the perspective of a trans person and then they just made it into like said it was a stand-up set because she says yo check this out at one point yeah and <laughs> and, and uh and cheer if and then says like the f word too yeah party oh and there's always only one of us never with a friend just one sad non-binary character or just one sad trans character just wandering i'm so sad and alone i'm so sad look it's okay to be sad and alone all right there's plenty to be sad about but i have got news for those motherfuckers i'm not always sad this is like it's (laughs) this is what um people who haven't seen nanette think nanette is this is like (laughs) like the assumption of nanette because just based on the reaction is like you know uh, is people reading articles like this is not real stand-up comedy and they assume that that's that's what it is it's like it's just uh it's a woman on stage just going through various identities that she has yeah and getting listing them off and getting yeah listing them yeah, getting cheers and claps and and some sassy snaps. I love I love uh, I love the good sassy snaps. It is it is such like a it's such a weird facsimile of what someone assumes stand up comedy is like now. And I can't imagine the person writing it didn't think like, all right, so comedy sucks now. How do I? <laughs> well, do also I you would you. You could never have that many women in a comedy club audience without half of them shouting out and ruining punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a giant bachelorette party. <laughs> um, that is not true, and the opinions of Joe Sinclitico <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the film drunk rocker. Like, um, yeah, I like that. Their idea of what comedy is is that like these rich overdressed women just go to a room and then someone gets on stage and says they're non-binary and then they go woo and then it's like all right well that was amazing it's great because yeah. like after this scene she talks about how amazing it was and how it like changed her life yeah no like it inspires Miranda to uh, have a lesbian kiss which is like. It just shows like that is like a very funny statement on like the weak mindedness of the modern <laughs> white rich woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where they're just like, they're literally just like, I have been recruited into your gay agenda. Like it's, it's just immediately she's, she is uh, reinforcing like right wing stereotypes of what, of what like right wingers think will happen if gay people get to talk uh, in a public space. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like all of a sudden everyone just becomes a lesbian. Yeah. It is. Uh, I said, woohoo. Does that mean I am a lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's do you pretty know, amazing. Do you know what it reminded me of? And I have to, the, the, the way I saw this section of the show was really weird because I woke up to it 
out of a dead sleep. So it was like part of like, I was trying, because Katie was watching it when I was sleeping and it like woke me up and I start, started going into it at, in this weird dream state. And then I, when I realized it was real, like it, <laughs> it was the oddest feeling because I was like watching people watch her and it reminded me of this thing and I have to be very careful because I don't want to uh, incriminate anyone. <laughs> but a company, I, a company I worked for in lieu of a party during the pandemic had a trans comic do a Zoom show. Mm. And it was like beat for beat the same thing. It was like somebody <laughs> took like a Zoom comedy show and transcribed it into a live setting. Did oh, you kind of no. get that feeling? It's, it just seemed like that to me. Wait, wait, wait. It, like the... So, but you're saying beat for beat in terms of like the the set was the same way? I, no, 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 no. I'm just saying her cadence through the whole thing. Oh, yes. Sort of comes off like Zoom comedy. Yeah. Like I understand no, yeah. these aren't real jokes. She's not a real comedian. We're acting here. This is this is a scene, but it did come off like Zoom comedy. And I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if there's any any <laughs> part of this inspired by somebody seeing such a great brave <laughs> zoom comedy show <laughs> i mean but, i i feel like the uh like the actress who plays this comedian uh, like first of all i had to look up to make sure she was an actress because like my first thought mm -hmm. was like what comedian hold on would... she's non-binary so i don't know if what if we're like Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. Know. I was. Uh, all right. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, she says she's non-binary in the. Thing, they say so they're non-binary. All right. Yes. Use correct okay. pronouns. There we go. But right. I, I had to look up to see if this was an actual comic because I like freaked. Like for a second, I was like, if this is a real comedian, they they must be like freaking mortified that this is what they like <laughs> yeah like what came out of it because it is the most embarrassing set like every every comedian on twitter as soon as this came out started like like posting about it and making fun of it because it was it just seemed like uh you know it seems like a, a weird like otherworldly facsimile of what stand-up looks yeah. like and uh so it, it is an actress uh, who she's on like they are on Grey's Anatomy and uh, and honestly they did a great job of like mirror mirroring the cadence of the type of kind of like more woke like progressive comic um, but the material itself is just so it's not material right it's, it's just like a statement it's, a, it's like a statement of purpose it's like you're it's reading a TED talk yeah you're reading like your personal statement to get into college like as a uh in, yeah in the in the cadence of jokes and it's so mean because like there are <laughs> like there are trans comics who write jokes like, yeah <laughs> they have yeah, actual material so, so isn't that weird that like her whole the, excuse me um their whole act is essentially uh sort of exposing these tropes about the trans community but sh like effectively doing the same thing to yes. the trans comedy scene yes yeah exactly <laughs> so exactly it, it sort of just cancels itself out yeah it's like fact. you're uh, yeah you're like our portrayals in media are poor let me reinforce that with the fakest yeah. fucking stand-up <laughs> set with no jokes and everyone wooing instead of laughing what are they doing i feel it's like so this, mean. Is, this is a history that shows have of like depicting 
stand-up sets where that are just objectively terrible, but everyone yes. is eating them up like they're the funniest. I vividly remember seeing like a one of um, Uncle Joey's stand-up sets in the in like a Full House episode, and everybody <laughs> and it cutting back to the audience and them having the greatest time, and it was just like him doing like a impersonation of a chipmunk. It was. <laughs> I mean, that's a great joke. Yeah. If it's a good enough impersonation, then then that's a great job. Like he had to cut it out. That was his like catchphrase. Oh thing. hell yeah! He but, had a catchphrase. Yeah, cut it yeah. out. Well, I mean, it's funny because it's like, it, like looking at that set reminded me a lot of watching Jim Brewer, uh, <laughs> kind of like descend into his like anti-vax madness of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys seen any of the L- sets little bit. from Jim Brewer? Yeah, he does the go no, boy thing. I got to. Oh, they're incredible, dude. It's like d- just him doing dinosaur noises or like the noise of like a, a bird for like 30 <laughs> seconds with an unmiked audience. So it sounds like he's bombing and then going, that's what people are like today, man. Just a bunch of like little idiot birds just doing whatever Fauci says. And I was like. This this is the same thing as the Sex in the City, the fake uh, stand-up set, except for this is an actual comic who's doing it. Um, yeah. It's sad, you know, because he was like our generation's joke, Piscopo. Totally. He was our... <laughs> he, was our he was our generation's goat boy. He was, he was our Piscopo. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, th- that... that, that sex in the city it's funny because i i there was part of me that was just like this feels like it was written by a really bitter white male stand-up comic yeah this is what comedy is now and yeah. you just go up and you say i'm trans and everybody goes Woo! yeah and then you immediately get a special yeah. like that that's what it, it felt like because it was like it was it was bad to the point of being mean and I was like, and they, but they weren't framing it as as bad. They were no, framing, they're it, framing as good. it as like the most life changing experience that any of those characters ever. Had. The show right. is funny because it is weird, like comfort food. You can just sit, sit mm-hmm. through it. Like it blends into the background. You're never, mm-hmm. you never feel like you missed a plot point because it's always the exact same thing over and over yeah. again. And uh, it's a little bit like a time capsule because I feel like it comes from an era when like an actor could be as bad as Sarah Jessica Parker and still top line an HBO series. Yeah. 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 Cause she, are different, different times, man. She kind of does the same thing as the comedian where she like reads all her lines as if she's like reading aloud one of the essays in the, right. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not a great actress, um, but it is kind of like, I don't know. I, I get why Sex in the City worked. Sex in the City worked because it was this like really um, kind of quick, raunchy sitcom that could exist in this like world of, you know, before fucking, you know, prestige TV, you yeah. know, HBO hadn't blown up yet. So it was like, what if we did a sitcom that was about actual sex where people you see titties and we talk about coming and all that stuff. Mm hmm. So it like, you know, it made sense in that kind of context, yeah. but in like 2021, you know, everything is streaming, everything is already raunchy. Um, and then making the show like 45 minutes long and <laughs> not about sex. It really is just like, what if middle-aged women had jobs? 
<laughs> Dude, like, you know what's you know what's what? really funny about it when when uh so when my wife put on oh, the uh the first episode, I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, and I was listening to it, and it hit me. It's like, and it continued when I was like watching the screen, but when I was just listening to the dialogue, it was like this sounds like a fucking table read. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. what it does the entire <laughs> show, like every episode I've seen, is basically just the table read. Yeah, yeah, and that, like there's almost that's the acting no side. Emotion. It also well, yeah. it felt like every episode was just reminding you of who each character was. Like every single, mm-hmm. every individual scene of Sex in the City is just like Miranda being like, "I'm the smart one," and Kristen Davis being like, yeah. "I'm innocent," and Samantha being like, "I'm the slut. I love dick." Uh, but no Samantha. Yeah, no more no. Samantha. No Samantha. Yeah, she was Which, like the key element there she, honestly she was the kramer then they were like oh let's do this what, without kramer and it's like what nah. was the what was the feud because there's a feud between her and the um it's money i think there she's not getting paid as as much as like the rest of the cast or something like that and oh, good um, for her then yeah i'm 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 100 team samantha i think you Me know too. The, the idea that they would want to continue doing this shit and not pay them all like i mean did we did we the fi- audacity did we find out that they wrote chris noth out of the show because like they knew he was going to get like accused of uh being a sex sex pest? i mean i don't know but it all happened so fast that i'm like had to be right yeah it, because it seems like something where they were what like, what did okay. he do? He like he held somebody down and fucked them. He yeah, raped there was, two yeah, women. There was rape, rape allegations. I think he straight up raped oh, two they women. They have a name. They have a name for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did he do? Like he like held someone down. He did. He did had, something. It's like some he sort held of non... somebody down and fucked them. And yeah. I was like, so that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. Uh, yeah, he raped two women, and like uh, you know, allegedly. Um, but you know, probably. Uh, he's, he's a, you know, he's a dickhead. Um, a friend of mine who will remain nameless, um, interviewed him once and was like, uh, oh, uh, so, uh, Chris, I'm here with Chris, uh, Chris Noth. And he goes, Noth. Did you say Noth? It's Noth. And then was, I always did uh, wonder. Yeah, it's Noth. And, um, just like the famous horror director, Eli Roth. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Noth makes sense. I, I understand why someone would think it was Noth, but he was like, it's not Jewish. It's Noth. And um, lo and behold, I guess he never heard the phrase, Noth means Noth. Oh, man. <sighs> uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, Noth is what uh, Mike Tyson turns on when he's cameoing in the Fast and the Furious movies. He flips, oh, he flips yeah, the that's switch. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn on that Noth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was really funny about like the whole like uh, Chris Noth getting canceled thing was like first he dies, and then Peloton makes that ad with him, and it was just like we made a, a viral ad and fucking in one day you you so you have no excuses to get your health in order or something. You guys see the viral no, ad? No, no. Uh, it's it's Chris oh, Noth. I, I like I feel like I heard about the Peloton thing. Like yeah. eighteen hundred times before I even knew that the show was going on mm-hmm. in a way that so I assume this is part of the same uh, publicity. Yeah, he campaign. dies. He dies on a peloton. He has a heart attack while he's doing uh, uh, where while he's on a peloton in uh, the first episode of and just like that, and um, 
I guess Peloton was like, well, that's probably bad press. So what if we can get him in an ad? So they got him and the lady who played his like personal Peloton trainer to do an ad for Peloton. And they just like release it on Twitter and probably like Instagram and stuff. And, um, you know, kind of like a hat tip to the whole, you know, dying on a Peloton thing in the show. And then they bragged about how they made the ad so fast um and then two days later <laughs> he got called out for doing the old double rape down the whole yeah. down sex yeah yeah, and yeah. The, doing the the famous surprise whole, sex yeah surprise uh sex and then um yeah and i just thought it was like very funny that peloton was probably like ah oh, fuck you know yeah you know, it's it was really funny because like one of my good friends died on a peloton uh, earlier this year he he came really? back to life but yeah, he oh, apparently had he had an underlying heart problem, and he he was on the Peloton. He blacked out. Um, I got this phone call saying that he's on life support. Jesus, and it was like really scary. I mean, it was it was like two weeks. His life was in the balance, but he had been out for minutes before his wife found them. Oh my and god! Luckily enough, she. Uh, she I love. He's a young dude too. Depressing. Yeah, really young and like very active, always worked out. Like whenever we were at work, he spent more time in the gym than the office. And just in time, she she knew what to do. She was like patting him down with ice packs and everything, making sure his brain doesn't explode. Mm-hmm. The, you know, um, paramedics got there, CPR, like it wasn't working at first. And then they finally got him. And yeah, man, he was like in a coma for a while and he pulled out of it. He's got a pacemaker now, but. So he's still uh, alive and he the, made it. The thing is, Dude. like, he doesn't have to watch this because his wife is so triggered by a Peloton and now Sex in the City. She's like, I want nothing to do with that show. Oh. And he's like stoked because he didn't want to have to watch it. Dude, didn't that dude? Didn't that dude go to like a a fucking? He went to like a. There's like something that like Disneyland does where they like bring in like teenagers and then they all stay at disneyland and work over the summer or something right There's yeah no when he when he went in when he went to college he he worked at disney like he loved it what the fuck but i thought he i thought he like it was like more than that like you you like go and there's like a campus in disneyland that's just for people that just like stay there and work at disney like yeah it was something like that this sounds he was he was homeschooled, so he doesn't know what high school is. Okay, um, so, so he went to <laughs> high school darkest... at Disneyland. Yeah, is that, uh, I mean, essentially, up. probably. Was he raised by Mickey? No, <laughs> I think Dude, it's my... just all just like dorks that like 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 Bobby's trying to point out they were all dorks, and then they were like, "I don't want to go to fucking Disneyland," and then they stayed at some <laughs> campus on Disneyland, and it was all just like dorky high school kids who were super into Disney. Like all they Jesus. wanted to do is talk about Disney, and they live at Disneyland in a campus on Disneyland. That sounds like a, that. a harem of children, and I I do not support that. Yeah, I didn't like the yeah. the first time I realized that Disney was creepy. This was because this was before like the phenomenon of Disney adults was like a known thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know, probably like twelve years ago or something like that. M- my girlfriend at the time we wanted to go. She wanted to go to Disneyland. And she bought like some discount tickets online that turned out to be like counterfeit or whatever. 
And uh, <laughs> so she was trying to talk her way in and like she found like a nice security guard who's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in if you can answer like these Disney quiz questions. And again, this was like the security guard at Disneyland. This was not like a character actor or like right. someone who was involved in like actual Disney things, like literally just a security guard. Just and, a true believer. And his his quiz questions were like the most insanely obscure shit. It was like, what was the first uh cartoon on which Bluto appeared or some shit or whatever the whatever the fucking dog Was it Steamboat Willie? No, it wasn't like that would be a question <laughs> that I could answer because I know like that's the first appearance of Mickey Mouse or whatever. But this was like yeah. ten times more obscure where it was like, What was the first time we saw Goofy's dog or some shit? And and then they were all and the and they were, he eventually let us in, but it was like, is this a normal thing that people would know the answers to these <laughs> questions? Not only that, like the the security guard knows the answer to these questions. And there's, uh, what were the consequences for knowing them or not knowing them? It sounds like well, they, they got in anyway. Yeah, we got in anyway anyway because he was nice. That was kind of how we got there in the first place. But uh, like he he was basically like, being like okay, you got to earn your way in, kind of like you got to be able to answer these Disney questions. That feels weird. That feels we like that wasn't part of it. At, like I'm good at trivia in general, but I had no idea of the things he was asking. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. I don't trust anyone who works at Disneyland. They're too good at their jobs. So almost off topic, but do you guys remember the sort of like mentally ill guy named Joshua Cosby, who's like what? Bill Cosby's biggest supporter? No. no. He has like severe <laughs> autism and he just makes videos singing songs called Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, my brother, I love you. You're innocent. I know you're innocent. And he's this really skinny white kid. Well, and no. he, he calls he calls himself Joshua Cosby. But me and the guy who died on the Peloton and had the heart attack, he FaceTimed me when he came out of the coma. And he couldn't talk. Like, his brain wasn't working with his mouth. And I, I thought I was talking to, like, you know, this is going to be my friend forever. And I was, like, crying. And... He started singing those Bill Cosby songs that we used to send back and forth. And I, it was making me really emotional. I was like, oh, fuck. You've become like you're a shell of who you once were. And he was singing like with his like Bell's palsied face, like, Bill Cosby, I love you. And like a hospital bed with an IV and all these diodes hooked up to him. I mean, he turned out to be okay, but that's that's what he was remembering talking to me about at the time. And you might want to put a link. I'll send you guys a link to Please this guy. Do. Like there is, there is like he's got hundreds of videos, and it's just him doing like weird dances and saying, "Bill Cosby, my brother, I know you're innocent, and you did not rape those women, and I love you." God. Like, but the guy, yeah, but my buddy, he, like, like, his that's proof, all he was talking about. His proof of he life was just, was just being like rock yeah. and roll McDonald's. <laughs> like, Pretty much. <laughs> just, that was and like, oh man, I was so worried for like a week. And then I was telling him about that. He's like, I don't remember doing that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's where his mind went. God damn, dude. That's so crazy. If one of us ever Bill has Cosby, if one of us ever has a stroke or something, and then we're like talking to the other one in the hospital, and we're just like, "Owie!" So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your brain, when you're in, when you're like in Alzheimer's mode or d dementia, and your brain goes to like money and sex. Like my Is grandfather, right? 
thought my mom was a prostitute when he was dying and said oh, like some really weird both. shit. And, and he told me that he went to jail for bestiality. <laughs> and I was like, tell me he's making this shit up. Like, I mean, did he? I don't know. You should look that up, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find those arrest records. Can you go to jail for that? Like, how are they going to catch you? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the animal can talk. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Ain't no snitches in the animal kingdom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, anyways, this it, is a movie it, podcast. Anywho, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know how Don't Look Up became like the most uh, polarizing movie all of a sudden, but I feel yeah, like I don't it, understand it's just it. take after counter take about Don't Look Up, but you guys watched it, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Saw Don't Look Up. Song. What was that? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I, li- I liked it. I thought it was funny. Wait, what is that? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I found the Bill Cosby. Found, yeah, <laughs> found Josh Cosby. Cosby. It started playing it's, on accident. It sounds like a smoking guy voice. He, like sh- sh- he should have been in Don't Look Up. Yeah, Joe liked it. I thought it was fine. Like I, I liked I, it. I saw a take that was like, yeah, this is a really tight 90-minute like era-defining satire trapped in like a flabby two-and-a-half-hour uh, movie and I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. You know what like, it reminded me of? Yeah, it reminded me of like a like a like a live action South Park. That's exactly like what that. I. That's my exact thought. It was a. Uh, it felt like a live action South Park episode, which I'm like, I'm fine with that because I like I like kind uh, of like South Park is really good at doing kind of like silly, facile satire things, and yeah. so I was like, I'm. But I think I'm South cool Park's with... better at it. Like I thought this was sort I thought of. It was like no, it had this yeah, definitely had no. mo- had a lot of good moments. Like it was had a lot of good. Like they clearly clearly know how to write jokes, but like at a certain point, it was like they just kept trying to make fun of different things, and like the characters kind of like their motivations and the the story didn't really go together that well for me at certain points. I I I I didn't I didn't find any of it to not like yeah i didn't i didn't that wasn't my experience with it there wasn't like too like what what do you mean like who's whose motivation changed i guess like uh well, jennifer like, lawrence well the president meryl streep she goes from uh like she knows that there is a uh, comet at a certain point and she decides that they're gonna mine it because the jeff bezos guy told yeah. her, told her that and Peter then, Thiel. but then it turns into like a denialist thing, and it wasn't really like she wasn't she didn't start off denying the existence. Like I don't understand why you would need to deny the existence of the comet in order to try and mine it. Like those two things feel slightly contradictory to me. It was yeah okay. It was clumsy. It was like a clumsy metaphor, right? It, yes, I mean, exactly. So, yeah. but I, I'm I think I don't know. I think I'm just so used to like. Uh, South Park types of satire that I'm like, uh, I'm okay with a clumsy metaphor. Yeah. You can still make as long it as work. like the punchline was like, you know, it was like it was like I, I could take that clumsy setup as long as like the punchline for the fucking joke was was funny. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. And which like, I thought, which I thought most most of the time it, it kind of it, it, it delivered. Yeah, I thought yeah, the I, I thought the thing about the about spoilers, but I thought the thing about the fucking general charging money for the yeah. fucking snacks <laughs> that was so amazing. funny yeah that was great and, and vince after you spent all that time fucking brutally bullying jonah hill <laughs> ruining his games <laughs> ruining his life i think mm. you have to admit that he was fucking hilarious oh no game. he was perfect I, I my description of that was like he played that character as 
one is like half his inside SoCal character, which mm, his, yeah. uh, which is like his other best role. Like dad is just a kicker. Uh, and then, yeah, and then yeah. half <laughs> himself in the clean and rad and powerful, uh, email. Yes. Yeah. I, I maybe I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm crazy here, but I didn't see Jonah Hill doing anything that he doesn't do always. I, I, yeah. I thought he was like kind of funny. Like he was funny in the way that Jonah Hill is funny, which I think is, I think he's a funny guy, but I, I, uh, I think he was firmly in his lane and it was, it was he a was good addition, in his lane, good addition to that t- movie. We were talking about it like it was like a, a good performance, and I was like, it was it was funny, yeah. it was fine, it was like I, I, I don't know. It was well I don't get put it. it. I think the like the thing with that movie is like they go on the morning show with uh, Tyler Perry and Kate yeah. Blanchett, who were both I thought like really good as oh they're great obnoxious morning show people, and yeah. then they do like this social media recap of the appearance afterwards, and yeah. there's like four like fake social media platforms with not super funny names and then they're showing yeah. like all these memes they made out of uh jennifer lawrence and like the memes aren't really that good like it wanted to right i just felt like it didn't have it was really good at satirizing like the media but not that not but pretty bad at satirizing like social media okay uh, yeah i mean I, <clears throat> I agree with that for the most part uh it was but again i think it was because because i think i give satire like that more leeway because of south park where it's like if they had said they put this movie together in uh, seven days i'd have been like yeah that makes sense the fact (laughs) that they you know uh obviously didn't um kind of changes it but i mean i don't know i i the little details like that didn't take me out of what i thought was like uh a really like solidly funny, if not a bit too long yeah. uh, satire they, about the fact that climate change is going to kill us and we're not going to do anything about it. They, uh, they ended on a, uh, on a good joke, which a lot of movies don't do like the great most, joke. Yeah. They ended yeah. on one of its best jokes. So it was like, all right. Yeah. And I thought, I thought fucking Meryl Streep. What's that dude's name? Mark Rylance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. DiCaprio were fucking, awesome they were great like they were so they were fucking amazing in this jennifer lawrence was and, was good i i thought was, she was you it know. felt like that whole character was like uh i'm a 50 something year old white guy and this is my this is how i imagine like a college age hipster to be like you know she's got the bangs <laughs> and uh oh yeah and it's like yeah. okay she's I mean, got bangs and she's yeah, angry I, I and she listens to wu-tang I it's like, as hyped. Eh. yeah i wasn't as hyped on her whole thing yeah it wasn't that great but i thought dicaprio was fucking awesome yeah i mean i'm a i'm a firm dicaprio lover yeah they didn't give jennifer lawrence too much funny shit to say but um that kind of wasn't her character though i mean i felt like her character was some it was the you know the person who actually discovered the comet and the 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 person who the comet is named after that's going to destroy earth which is very funny and uh, no one listening to her, which is, you know, it's a funny, funny sure. enough statement, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, the the big statements I thought were pretty dead on. I just didn't. I don't you know. know. What's polarizing about this movie? Like, who I think, is well, who's, I think who's against I, this movie? I think the uh, the moral of the story is that no one should ever listen to anyone else online because, like, the discourse became like people saying it sucks, and then uh, the people who liked it saying 
oh, what? You don't think climate change is real? Like it became like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like if you didn't, uh, if you didn't like the movie, then you disagreed with like the central metaphor uh, kind of thing. Dude, I also, th- I also think it did a, it, it presented a pretty good case for like why, uh, you know, humanity would be fucked under current circumstances in a, in the face of like some sort of whatever impending doom and that was a pretty dark um yeah thing. sure and i think some people just can't i think even though they won't admit it if a, if like really like dark comedy is hard for some and where there's no hope sort of presented yeah. in it is tough for some people to take they i think the most think, like that's just can, mean you're just how mean can the last cynical. two years not have proven that that's fucking true we all know <laughs> that if a comet were headed towards the earth we wouldn't get it together and we would die that's true yeah. we yeah. all know this now but that's uh, that's kind yeah. of the the whole the, the, like the po- the polarization is like people getting mad that they think if you didn't like the movie you don't agree that it, that's true like the politics mm-hmm. can be dead on and it can still be not a great story. Well, in, well no, in but, certain but ways. I, I haven't heard why it's, why it's polarizing yet. I know that there are people who like it because they like the climate change message or whatever. Are, are there people who don't like it, but for a bad reason? Cause there's, there's one the, the, to not like it because for the reasons that you're describing Vince are, is fine. I'm like, sure. I get it to be like, I don't know. It's kind of a clumsy metaphor. It doesn't really work. No, I think that's but, what most of the thrust of the uh, criticism was, but uh, oh, okay. people that liked it turned it into Oh, you you don't think that climate change is a problem, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, but the, the one the, to me, the one, the that's shitty. one poll. That's not that's not polarizing. That's just a single poll. That's one poll of people who are who are just gonna be dipshits about it. Are there any dipshits? I think it's more the self righteous like the self righteousness of the creators because I like I feel like right. Adam McKay and David Sirota have not. Uh, react they've reacted to it like in ob- obnoxious ways where oh yeah sure yeah i mean yeah i did i did read a whole like adam mckay yelling on twitter about how we have to do something about climate change and no, i was I like that was the whole yeah i think that was the whole yeah thing. i was like yeah i know <laughs> yeah. we all know bro we all know We're we all everyone knows dude this are uh, for some reason it made me think of <clears throat> when i was in rehab i remember <laughs> Uh, telling people like in a in a group that uh, like if the world was ending like I would go rob a pharmacy yes and and, and there was all these people talking about like no if the world's ending you gotta stay sober you gotta stay sober what and then and then afterwards there was some dude that came up to me and I was talking to him about with this dude and he's like he was like yeah man like fucking Armageddon comes I'm not gonna like sword fight my way to a big book study. <laughs> so funny it's like yeah no dude i'm not i'm not hitting the seven o'clock seventh tradition meeting over at the right. fucking y just so i can fucking like yeah so yeah and you know so what i, I didn't see, I didn't see the movie but if the world was ending i think we'd all know what chris not would be doing <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like that's uh, this is why every time I see, you know, any kind of fucking post-apocalyptic movie and whatnot, like um, like, you know, I am legend and he's like golfing off the end of like a fucking, you know, uh, 
aircraft carrier and i'd be like i'd be in the cvs just like living right. off the dilaudid yeah, like, you can do just both drinking the dilaudid yeah. yes um but yeah me, i'd i'd yeah. vote <laughs> <laughs> oh that's I'd good vote, man and then, and then i'd i'd actually confront some of my biases yeah you should you would hold Could yourself vote. accountable so i have a question so joe like as a golfer, like if you were the last dude on earth, yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, Will Smith, um, I mean, would you keep golfing? Because like on, you know, w- without the impending apocalypse, like I have certain uh, golf goals, but I'm wondering if those would remain if there was no <laughs> one to tell that like I beat my personal best kind of thing. Keep talking. I'm going to pee. Dude, also, also, you got to have fucking people to... Uh... To run mo- the lawnmower sure. and cut the fucking grass and do the you know i don't know how to i don't know how to roll the greens and shit like that like so it's like uh, you would basically just be maybe at a driving range but even then you need like a picker i don't know get pretty it'd get be it, I, I mean i i think that we all hope that if armageddon does happen that it's just like orgies and fucking drugs for a while at least and i would focus on that and then maybe get back in golf at some point. <laughs> but, you, but if you have nothing but time, like you could go out there and you could run the, you could spend your morning like doing like mowing the lawns and then, uh, and then the rest of the day golfing on the course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be kind of cool. Also, do I get to have like a dog maybe if I had oh, a yeah. dog to keep me company that would, that would help a lot. Yeah. But eventually be you're going to have to kill it cause it keeps chasing your golf balls. Like it keeps yeah. Or it. fuck it. <laughs> you need something to fuck at some point. You're gonna fuck something. You sure. just know it. Yeah. You're gonna like, you know, have like a real doll made of ham that you got did in the fucking freezer section or something. But that's your only food. You can't fuck your food. I mean I guess you could. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, man. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Speaking yeah, of I guess you can't fuck your food. Yeah. So speaking of bad takes, uh, Variety ran like a whole series recently called Writers on Writers, and it feels like they just uh, got like obnoxious people in media to write movie reviews so that they could then be outrage shared. Um, Oh, God. There was like one by Jake Tapper, um, and then they have... Hey, 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 Vince, can I interrupt you for a real second? Oh, please do. Did you guys watch... Did you watch this show... It's about it's like another end of the world show on HBO. It's Station called, Eleven. Um, Station Eleven. Did you watch that show? Yeah, I like it. I, I I'm like in the it middle of it right oh my, now, dude. So it's like it's like such a good show when it's about the end of the world, and then all of a sudden it's fucking Shakespeare stuff, and you're like, <laughs> everybody, nobody fucking cares about Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> Maybe they need it's it. It's so stupid. Why do people still t- keep trying the fucking Shakespeare thing? I don't believe you, dude. I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> it's just I mean, a way to pretend you're fucking smart. Oh wait, okay. So that the I I'm only six epi- five episodes into that show and it's like yeah, it is about a post-apocalyptic theater troupe. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes. it's but it's also like about trauma. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm enjoying it so far. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it too. But the, the Shakespeare stuff, I just start looking at my phone anytime there's Shakespeare involved. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm still. I, I'm waiting for them to explain how they all came to be part of a post-apocalyptic uh, theater troupe, which I assume they'll yeah. get to at a certain point. Well, I'm just shocked because I I just assumed I would find a, a you know similar you'd have a similar opinion Vince do you like Shakespeare <laughs> why, why did you I say don't... that with the, the like an accusatory, accusatory tone it was just like so like are you are you <laughs> gay I've ne- I, yeah you... I'm definitely not one of those people who th- who is like oh yes Shakespeare means a great deal to me and I have like a series yeah. of fa- like it's no like I get why people like it though it's like Shakespeare I, I think is interesting in the same way that like I don't know that like a really um, a really good old song is interesting where you're just like, oh, shit, I didn't even know they knew about, you know, like like it's something that weirdly holds up, even though it's old as fuck, where like a lot of the themes you're like, actually, that's a pretty good story divorced from the really like you know strange old english yeah i like i i definitely don't really understand why it needs to be in the same like language that we only sort of half understand right and i definitely think it seems profound partly because you don't understand what they're saying a lot of the time yeah but i mean yeah it's i think it's it's like they're they're there's like speaking in poem so then everybody just goes it's poem yeah it's smart yeah, Smart, yeah. well it's like the, what people do with the bible like it's this weird uh you know fourth translation of like some hebrew uh store of mm-hmm. some hebrew proverb and like by the time it gets to us it's like well this is just gobbledygook now <laughs> yeah. but you attach some sort of great meaning to it because like oh this is, it's old though it's old and yeah. it sounds weird and i you can kind of make it whatever you think it means because like it's very Cause it's weird art. and vague yeah because they do art dude but by I, the way i've mm-hmm. been watching a lot of uh religious channels on cable there's like seven of them on direct tv and my uh, parents in law have direct tv and it immediately once you go past the religious channels it goes immediately into um you can buy like porn you could buy like porn on direct tv but it's got the most graphic fucking names i've ever heard like here was one it was it was uh this is like everybody can see this if you're just scrolling through direct tv one was teen coochie gushers wet sticky <laughs> bring out the raincoat tight young girl spread eagle and masturbate until their sweet spot is hit <laughs> and then some of the other names are like mom thanks son's best friend at sleepover it's like the they're like the most like descriptive names it's just like woman goes into room and fucks guys goes into next room <laughs> gets fucked up the ass yeah. i think it's like they're trying to make it like old school pay-per-view where it was actually like a porn movie that you'd pay to watch but now it's just like a random clip that you'd find on Pornhub where there's not really a story this, anymore this, this reminds me this after the religious channels dude do you remember your bachelor party there was porn in the hotel room i was staying at there was a great title but it was obvious it was obviously like Somebody, somebody that runs the uh, metadata for the like whatever the server that houses all the rentals is like having fun with it too. Yeah, I was I was just in Orcas Island, and I saw the title of this channel. It was an infomercial. Were you going to visit Matt's mom? 
<laughs> no, just it's Matt's fault. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in. No, there. but it you? said it was an infomercial, and the title of it was "Smell the Fart," and, <laughs> and it was an it was an info infomercial for an air purifier. So it was like three in the morning, and I had to like take a photo of it. But I was like, somebody's just fucking around. Smell, Smell the, fart. the fart! Exclamation! That's a great channel. Yeah, it's too bad it's not just people smelling farts like all just an entire channel dedicated to that. Uh, okay, like, this I was is, like fart. crying laughing. This is I actually a really good segue. Like, Look at this. Okay. This is actually a really good segue because the the variety series I was talking about, the 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 uh, review in particular that I wanted to talk about is from Eve Barlow, who I guess is a music journalist, but the only reason I even know who she is is because she like <laughs> She like compared people harassing her on social media to like a pogrom, and then everybody just responded Eve Fartlow. Uh, yeah, until yeah. It became... <laughs> like like trended on Twitter for like three days. Yeah, that's how that's how I know her name. Right, everyone that's, just calls her. Eve that's Fartlow. the only reason I know her name too. And she wrote a review of Licorice Pizza, and uh, I just want I want to read you this review because like right off the bat, it just uh, yeah. First sentence. You can smell the acne on Cooper Hoffman's chin. Which, oh God. I mean, can you smell acne? You can't smell acne on someone else, right? <laughs> that's that's fucking gross, though. That's, yeah, it's, it's you can fun. feel the heat on the pavement as Alana Haim sprints towards a feeling. You can taste the burgers. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you can taste the burgers from the drive-thru and the martini at the clubhouse bar. You can almost touch the life in San Fernando Valley that Paul Thomas Anderson remembers from the 70s or oh. dreams that were closer to the version he realizes on screen. Uh, she's going to make me hate this movie. I still haven't seen it. And, uh, yeah, well, I still this, haven't seen it either. I w- well, I wish you guys had seen it because it's like, it really, she, I don't think she understands what the movie is like about <laughs> or the point of it like in any way. <laughs> She's just like sometimes images evoke different senses. <laughs> yeah. Smell, hearing, or uh, feeling. Yeah. The way- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, did she like it? The way Anderson's latest ode to the part of LA in which he was raised is brought to life speaks to a filmmaker who wants to embrace a less complicated world, a slower world, a more meaningful world. A world in which you had to remember someone's phone number if you wanted to get to know them. A world in which cigarettes were still considered a rite of passage and sushi was still new. A world in which airplanes were an exotic experience. A world in which a 15-year-old boy could order two Cokes in order to seem grown up to a girl 10 years his senior. What the fuck, dude? What you, know is... what, you know what would be cool if she started off the review like this? Bring out the raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hit their sweet spot with this fucking raunchy licorice pizza flip. Yeah. Get a gushy pizza. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like the whole take is like, oh, it's about he yearns for a simpler time. And uh, And you're like, that's that's not what the movie's about. I don't think that was what the movie was about at all. Like, (laughs) I I think she's specifically referring to uh, whoever, whatever white guy does the Asian voice. (laughs) Eve Barlow just really is like, I yearn for a simpler time when I could say hello and people wouldn't cancel me immediately. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Dude, it's it, it's definitely like, uh, yeah, it's weird here. I I need to see the movie. I can't if I, you know if I haven't seen it. It's great, huh, Bobby? It's I I can't. I mean, you watch all these you watch all these movies uh, like on Amazon for a week just out of boredom, and mm-hmm. it's true they are content. Then you go see a movie like that, and you are like, wow, this doesn't look like a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was just the contrast that got me, but I was like so jazzed walking out of that movie. Yeah, it was like an antidepressant. I mean, and, I love uh, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I think he's the best. So I'll probably love this movie. Dude, yeah. he he was there. We went to a screening in Westwood, and mm-hmm. he told he told this story about um, uh, Bradley Cooper's character. It was based on who was that producer? John Peters. It was John Peters. And he actually spent like so much time. He was like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, but I want John Peters' blessing. And he went to go hang out with John Peters. And it was like all about that truck scene where they're going in reverse and they, you know, pick him up and everything. I'm not, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. So John Peters was like, you know, well, like, how do we, how do we have this conversation with Alana? And he goes, well, I wouldn't do it like that. And he was like, well, how would you do it? And and it's known she's 25 years old in the movie. Her character is 25 years old. He goes, well, I'd try and seduce her. The audience, audible gasp. <gasps> it was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, it was strange. Yeah. Seducing a 25-year-old woman yeah. for two wow. minutes. As a stage direction, how dare you? Yeah, people were just uh, you a know producer the... who wants to fuck a twenty-five-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, wow, know. never been done. Unbelievable. Yeah, twenty-five's yeah. like over the hill for producers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's age, the most shocking part. Age gap um, is uh, is like light rape or something like that. There's something there. There's like a. Uh, there's a There's power a imbalance, age. so yeah, you know. power imbalance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like uh, it's third degree <laughs> sexual assault. Yeah, because someone you're considered is... as a woman, you're retarded until you're thirty, right? Yeah, uh, not even that. It's like, but if there's a seventy-year-old who's with a thirty-year-old, then the age gap is still. It's still there's a power imbalance. At some point, though, the yeah. power imbalance. I'm sorry. It's like if the guy's ninety, the thirty-year-old yeah. woman can win the in a fight. So I feel like the power imbalance changes. Well, no, I was going to say, like, a 50-year-old dude dating a 20-year-old girl, like, he's doing whatever the fuck she wants. You know, yeah. that guy, the power, she holds all the power in that situation. Yeah, because she's he's, more that's, limber. That's his, well, and that's his, like, lease, new fucking lease on life, right? That's, like, his yeah. bringing him back. Third wife. The grave. Third um, wife. Yeah, I think it's a very funny thing that, like, uh, the Fox Theater exists uh on the ucla campus because uh it meant that for while the movie was you know before it was released wide it was only released in a theater that had a mix of um like film critics and uh teens who are too uh baby to enjoy themes that are too adult yeah so it was like oh this is a bad mix guys (laughs) like I definitely uh, came out and they were well during the movie like at parts that I thought were funny it was like it you could sense like the palpable I'm afraid to laugh at this because I find it problematic right uh, yeah 
Yeah, I need to see it um, and judge for myself. Yeah, uh, j- just like I watched Cuties to see if the if the children were too hot, <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, oh, let, that w- let me real quick. Um, let's. They weren't let's... hot without makeup. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That, all right. <laughs> we're gonna segue into my uh, Christmas time viewing. Um, uh, on Christmas Day, I went to go see. Spider-Man uh No Way Home. No, uh, wait, is it yeah, No Way Home. They have the last two both had home in the title which is like What un- is the yeah. other one? Unnecessarily confusing. What no Way this? Homecoming. No, Far this was Far From Home and No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All three had home in it. Yep. Homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Far From Home and No Way Home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Homecoming. Oh my god. Well, anyways, because home is uh, where the Spider Man is. Yeah, home is where the spider is. And the next one's going to be called Spider Man No Homo. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I saw Spider Man with my my brother, uh, and Francesca, and my uh, very old dad, who uh, you know <laughs> was you got like, like a spectrum there. Yeah, That's it was great. really it was it was every type of movie viewer. There's you know my my brother <laughs> who is like a guy who watches Marvel movies. You know regular regular old Joe, um, and then my uh, fiance who like does not like most movies, <laughs> and especially long ones and especially Marvel, um, and then my dad who likes um, uh, I think he just likes to go like leave the house sure yeah and he was like all right this is a place to go leave the house and it was during a pandemic so i was kind of like i really is a fucked up way to die (laughs) is if he gets (laughs) omicron um during uh, the spider-man movie no they call it Um, homicron if you see it if you get it at a spider-man movie (laughs) far away homicron and um uh, yeah uh and then uh, yeah so the movie in general is about um brand synergy um and <laughs> yeah. i it, this it's, it is brilliant like i mean i've never seen like better strategic marketing than that movie in my oh, in my sure. entire life for like, sure i was my jaw was dropped at how brilliant it was i mean it was a great way to like to to make all of the other Spider-Man movies into like make them canon by saying, yeah, but they just exist in a different spider universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most I mean, dumb guy fucking was, movie. It was great. Cause it reminded me, <laughs> of, it reminded me of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And for me, I was like, Oh, that's, a, I like I like being reminded of those movies. Remember when Spider-Man <laughs> movies were, had uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Alfred Molina in them. That was awesome. This is the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, I here. The thing is, is that I have. I only saw Spider-Man One, Spider-Man Two with mm-hmm. the Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah. Those are the good um, ones. Right, and then so for me, I was like, "Who is everybody else?" <laughs> I was, dude, <laughs> dude. They're like, there is an entire meme economy based on Spider-Man Three yes. with Tobey Maguire, and it's worth doing the research just to like get your feet wet in that pool and understand some of these, like there is a jazz storyline essentially in that movie that is one of the fucking, it's so 
bonkers and what's dumb. the jazz? I don't remember the jazz. Like Peter become in in uh, Spider Man three. He becomes oh. emo Spider Man at some point. I he's remember. emo Spider Man. Oh, yeah. That's like has he's he's got like a penchant for jazz clubs. <laughs> oh, like, I have part seen- of his dark. It's part I, of his darkness. I have seen that one. I forgot. <laughs> I saw. I saw part three. That's the one where uh, Topher Grace is in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah his I finest saw moment. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I saw that one. Yeah. But this new Spider-Man. First of all, I I saw it. By the time I had seen it, I had already been. I think it had been poison pilled a little bit for me, because everyone kept raving about it and i was like asking people like when someone would say like oh did you see new spider-man it's so good i would be like okay do you like marvel movies and they would go yeah and i was like okay never mind then and then i just kept (laughs) doing that over and i was waiting to find someone who would like not really a marvel movie person or wouldn't describe themselves as one to i was waiting for that review and i never got that so i went into it um kind of already with a chip on my shoulder that I was like seeing this movie in the fucking pig pen yeah, and uh, <laughs> and just like a bunch of like squealing little oinkers all around just like ready for their <laughs> spidey slop and <laughs> and it was it was far far better than uh, I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. um, it was a slop filled romp it was a slop filled yeah. romp at the same time uh, it was um, fucking. It, it was uh, useless and fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's why I liked it so much. I woke up the next morning going, "I think that was like the dumbest thing <laughs> I've ever seen," and I I think I loved it. Like <laughs> I think that I think that made me happy, and I've, like I, I really enjoyed it. I do feel like the Sony produced Marvel movies have. Uh, like they understand that they're supposed to be stupid. They don't have yeah. quite like the same um, assumption of their own importance as the Marvel produced ones. Sure, sure, and and you know I like that it was uh, it was somewhat like it was self-effacing, but without doing the like um, the the usual Disney way of it, where everyone it just seems like it was written by like a self-aware like uh mug to camera bot you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it having andrew garfield show up and be really insecure that his spider-man sucked <laughs> like that was like that was pretty funny um but <laughs> from the perspective of my dad who was asleep <laughs> for most of the movie and doesn't know anything about spider spider-man um at one point he woke up and he had the, this look on his face when it was like there were all of a sudden there were three Spider-Men. <laughs> and he was just oh, like, gosh. it was just like, and he went back to sleep. Like he, 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 he couldn't like he had, he knew he missed out on why this movie existed and was like, well, I'm stuck here. Um, might as well get a little bit more shut eye. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I will say so that a great like movie, a solid B plus from him. Oh, it was a solid B plus from him, but it really was like <laughs> it was. So it was. What if three Spider Man? What if we make movie? Okay, so people <laughs> really like when when we first wrote script for first Spider Man, people said that's good. He's a good Spider Man, but then we said, oh, we gotta get a new actor, so we get uh, Garfield. 
Garfield <laughs> does few more Spider-Man. And then finally we get Tom Holland. And then they say, but people miss other two Spider-Man. <laughs> the- so I wrote script. I said, what if we put all three Spider-Man together in a universe where them multiple men have made of spiders? <laughs> and then and then we get it- uh, Willem Dafoe back and he's still bad guy. <laughs> Willem it, it, it is pretty fucking embarrassing. I haven't seen the movie, but it is pretty embarrassing now that you pointed out that the only people that could possibly get excited for this are fucking adults. Right. Yeah. No, I have, yes. I, I took my like, no I took my eight year old stepson and my nephew to see it. And like they liked it because, you know, there's Dude. like action and people shooting no. webs and shit. But uh the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, there's they don't know who all these fucking people are like why yeah they don't like yeah they were not yeah, but even... like that's that's the power of an ip ip like this for a company yeah. like sony right now they they are like in the war room going how do we repackage all this based mm-hmm. on this like those movies those original three movies are killing on vod and it's mm-hmm. not it's not fucking adults it's like the kids that didn't see that and now they've got it's become like a transmedia empire mm-hmm. what what this has become and then they've tied in all their other sort of like offshoot spin-offs into the Tom Holland thing mm-hmm. the universe that now exists across five other movies and they can essentially there's like a there's a petition saying let's do another Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield like <laughs> yeah. that's more than a possibility so they can make Spider-Man movies with three different Spider-Mans with like all the villain movies that can tie across all those. And then when they end it, the, the, the ending, not to spoil anything, they sort of like had an out to, if they wanted to, Sony can divorce the Marvel Cinematic Universe and continue with the Spider-Man. Like oh, shit. when that happened in the movie, I was like, you just fucking cut off the mcu and gave yourself like a brand new start for like another trilogy so they started like this massive new sony empire based on like some movies that really didn't work and yeah. then a couple that totally did based on another like production company's steam and branding yeah i think really- it's, that the, the interesting thing about it to me is like when you set out to make a superhero movie, like you're essentially trying to make like the most simple kind of story you can. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, it's gonna be good guy fights a bad guy. Uh, you know, it's got to stop evil. Like it's already done. Like the the fucking blanks have already been filled in. But because of like commercial necessities, where you're like, oh, I have to make, I have to make five other movies make sense in this universe. Uh, mm-hmm. and set up futures installments of it, it inevitably becomes like the most insanely complicated story yeah. that you have ever, <laughs> yeah. that you've ever watched. What, what it is, it give peripheral character glowy eyes. <laughs> At the it's end, like his eyes glow and there's just a hint of maybe magic later. <laughs> it's like, maybe. I used to get really pissed off when kids did this in the neighborhood, but you'd take like GI Joe's, He-Man's mm. and like all these other action figures and have some, dumb like ADD war with it. I was like, no, 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 no. Just keep the Star Wars stuff with the Star Wars stuff. But this is somebody doing that. They're like mashing yeah. all this dumb shit together like a child in a cul-de-sac. Yeah. The one thing <laughs> I think that's work. I think it's working. <laughs> the uh, the one thing that I didn't understand is that uh Jamie Foxx shows up and he's like, 
what how come there's no he's black like, cool now well he's like why aren't there any black spider-man and it's like this wink wink like hey remember yeah into the spider because that's but then, coming next from Sony. okay but like why didn't why wasn't he one of the spider-men in the spider i guess what because he wasn't peter parker or i don't know that'd be too many spider-man <laughs> yeah four too many because then, then that, that's 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 delving into too many spider-man yeah probably. there's like yeah there's a, a healthy balance of spider-mans that you can have before it's just like fucking look you know people can be like that's too many three's a spider company and four's a spider crowd you know that's so true dude yeah yeah I mean, all in all, it was like a solid B plus movie. Yeah. But like, it also, <laughs> it was also very. It was. Uh, it was. Na- it w- it, it was you feel like you're watching Naked Commerce the whole time. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me. It, it, you feel very dirty watching it, and um, you know, I, having to explain who Alfred it. Molina is to tweens. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you seen I've, Frida? I've, I haven't seen it yet, but is there is there a part where somebody tears open the suit and sucks his dick? <laughs> kind of, um, and it's the crowd. Well, there is like, a weird thing where like they keep talking they, about it gets in three D, and then they tell you to open your mouth. And the audience, honestly, though, like what's coming up next is Marvel dick. Yeah, no, it'll be like Comovision, and it'll just be like all these like Spider Man piggies. <laughs> it'll be all that bedroom just. Fucking the, yeah. the screen, and everybody in the audience like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open your mouth. It'll be like the, the movie within the movie of Bruno, where like yeah. you know, where you go down his dick hole. Do you remember? Do you yes. remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, dude, this yeah. totally reminded me of something. So I was bored at work. This is 2016, and I put a put out a Craigslist ad saying that I need a screenplay. I need some. I need a a seasoned uh, screenwriter. I've just secured the rights to the 1970s Diarrhea Man comics, <laughs> and we're moving fast and would like to get into production by like October. And I got like 70 responses, and I found them all in my email. And this one guy, <laughs> this one guy says, "Okay, hold on, this is too good." He goes, hey, congratulations on securing the rights to Diarrhea Man. I remember the cartoons from some underground animation festivals. So this guy's like lying and saying he's <laughs> about Diarrhea Man. And it's like, dude, I made up Diarrhea Man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, there was a Spider-Man parallel here, but I completely lost. I'd love to learn more about tangent. the project. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever contact him and just start making up more Diarrhea Man facts? Um, I wrote back one guy and I was going back with him. I was like, it looks like we're going with Netflix on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should, really you should actually like crowdsource a Diarrhea Man movie, like as a Nathan for you kind of thing where mm-hmm. you try to synthesize all these people's spec scripts for uh, diarrhea man into like a larger expanded universe. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. Um, I think my, my recent project, I worked in a very popular TV series for BBC England. <laughs> Shore Agadajalu. What? Monica Bellucci. Sorry. <laughs> now so- on the diarrhea man. Um, 
So I think we do need to uh, talk about the ultimate fucking um, piss pig movie um, <laughs> of 2021, uh, The Matrix 4 Resurrections. Yeah. So we all Good. saw Matrix 4. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Boy, did I ever. Okay. So. Um, Another polarizing gonna... movie. Very polarizing movie. I'm just I'm gonna start out with conclusions. Great movie, loved every second of it, and um, can't wait for more Matrix fun in the future. I just hope anyone else. Got I ho- a thought? Yeah, I hope they put more I... of Will Smith's family in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I just don't understand how people keep referring to this as a beloved franchise. It's like there was like one like pretty awesome movie and then the rest was kind of a couple of people searching for something great up their own ass yeah i i was talking about this with justin halpern like the first one you really thought that because it was like sort of narrow in scope you thought that they had specific ideas about like what the matrix was and like what the rules of the matrix universe uh, are and then in like four movies they still have not come they keep broadening the scope without making any sort of rules about what the matrix is and uh like what it's well no one can be to told do. what the matrix is vince sure. you have to yeah. see it for yourself yeah. but it's like a, it's sort of a sad thing because it, you have to look at the the time when that movie came out like nobody was there there wasn't too much money going into like action spectaculars like that. Mm-hmm. And then you see one that's mildly original and r- really fucking fun. Like I watched the the original one a couple months ago and I, I remembered like how awesome I thought it was like high as fuck, like in my mm-hmm. early twenties or something thinking like, oh, yeah. wow, nobody's making movies like this. And then it had a bunch of clones, but it, it's like when it, it gets past the filmmakers, uh comprehension of why it worked yeah i think that's kind of sad yeah like it kind of sucks because it's like it just gives you a big head about all all the billions of dollars you have now going into the future i yeah, as I a, mo- a different as a Go movie ahead. i felt like the first 30 minutes or so where they're making fun of the idea of uh having a matrix sequel and sort of just like ripping on the studio for even wanting to make it for forcing them to do it. Yeah. Like that was pretty good. And then as soon as they actually have to uh, complete the task of making a matrix sequel, then it's just like, well, it just turned into nonstop uh, mumbo jumbo. Yeah. But I think that the, the abundance of mumbo jumbo was part of, of the I, I don't know like it was part of the d- drowning a pig in its slop type thing <laughs> like oh you yeah. like this you eat it eat it you yeah. know now you it's gotta like smoke a, a whole pack of so matrixes it's like an iraqi Don't. fucking soldier pouring oil into an american soldier's mouth you want your precious oil take your oil you know yeah so the one thing that was just like it made me like you know, not even face palm, but like try and pull the skin off my face. It was so <laughs> dumb. Was so in the Matrix, they had this. They create. It was like a revolutionary, innovative method of shooting someone in three hundred and sixty degrees, which yeah. you can kind of like do in five minutes on your phone now. Yeah. But they had like something like a hundred cameras flashing still images that they would composite into one thing hidden behind a green screen. 
And they, they, the, the photographers that came up with this method referred to it as bullet time. Right. And I don't remember specific, there was some specific technical reason as to why it was called bullet time. So mm -hmm. now the, the creators have infused that into the script yeah. as something that it really like, I mean, I don't think it originally was considered how they're referencing it in the movie. Okay. But yeah. That became a major plot point. I so was like, I was blown away well, the fact that they used bullet time uh because it was once known as this massive innovation in filmmaking and mm -hmm. now it's this cheap and dirty cheeky joke. Yes. Which is a good analogy for like the the entire movie. I right. That, I I feel like that is I feel like again this is all intentional. First of all, bullet time I only first remembered what bullet bullet time was was uh, because of the video game Max Payne, um, <laughs> yeah. and they got it wrong. They yeah. got it wrong. They got they they were using it wrong. Right? Yeah. It, like, they thought that bullet time is just when time s slows down, and sure. so you can dodge bullets, as opposed to this it being this like you know complicated rig of whatever. But uh, for me. All of this shit, like the branding of bullet time, the the having the Merovingian show up and say, you know, talk about his, like the fucking spinoff, you know, the Frenchman who's yeah. now like a homeless yeah. dude. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know, he was dressed like Robin Williams from that Terry Gilliam. Yeah, movie. the Fisher King. Yeah, yeah that's what like, he was. It and was like he an says, homage to Fisher King. Our sequel spinoff franchise isn't over or something like that and runs away like shit like that. And then fucking, um, you know, just having what is clearly I mean, just the movie feels like it was Lana Wachowski writing it with a gun to her head and just deciding we're going to execute this in a way that um, like forces people like spoon feeds them lines and nostalgia that yeah, is gonna sadly, make them I think hate it, was, it. I think it was the other way around. She was like writing it and fingering her clit. Like <laughs> I mean, this was this was you, like her fever dream of exactly what she wanted to do with the franchise. I, like she talks yeah. about how important and emotionally mm -hmm. like cathartic it was to do. I think this. it's all part of the grift, though. I think it's all. I think that she's playing a character who thinks that all of this is important, but it's not, and she knows it <laughs> because it is. At one point, he he writes or he says, uh, "I still know kung fu," which, yeah. man, there's that is that can't be something that she wrote without being <laughs> like, "Yeah, fuck you, yeah, yeah, fuck you guys, yeah. you fucking want yeah. another matrix? Here's your fucking matrix." I mean, and then the ending, there's the whole you scene where ahead. his developer is being like, "Yeah, we're just gonna make this without you if you don't uh, help us right. make it," and it was like that felt yeah. very much like. I'm addressing the audience and they're forcing me to make this movie. He like, he literally says our parent co company, Warner brothers will do <laughs> yeah. this with or without you. And I'm like, guys, this is, <laughs> come on, this has to be on purpose. Um, and then Bobby, you pointed out something that I didn't even notice the first time around, which just sealed the deal for me as to oh, what this movie was about. Um, the last song, the song that plays, just like in every Matrix movie, a Rage Against the Machine song plays. But it's not Rage this time. It's a cover band known as Brass Against the Machine. Brass which recently, I think it's just called Brass Against, but yeah. Okay, Brass Against, yeah. which recently- Nobody really cares. They're the piss band. 
That's yeah. how you know them. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they became famous when the lead singer brought someone on stage, uh, mm. uh, a man on stage, and pissed uh, on his face while singing a song. You probably saw that yeah. you know, video into, into on, his mouth. on the internet. Into if you it. haven't, you got some work to do. This it's is amazing. The best, best thing easily that happened this year. <laughs> and it's literally the song that plays at the end. It's the exact same song. It's the song that they were playing while she was pissing on the man. And I knew it. Like, it's the, the exact second. part of that song. It's the exact yeah, part it's, of that the, song. The, when the first note came in, like the palm muted guitar, I, I said, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was fucking howl laughing. It was like the perfect ending to like the most embarrassing monologue. Like that whole yeah. last scene was just like, oh God. And then it ends with the piss song. <laughs> Like all I saw, all I saw was that bald dude going. <laughs> I mean, but don't oh you think? Oh my god, it's so good, Bobby. Don't you think that's yeah. intentional? Oh, that that's not absolutely. A, a I don't. It's a metaphor. You, this is a movie. Drink the piss, you fucking piss you, pigs. You have to understand that, like, I, I've I, I've sort of like accidentally surrounded myself in a milieu of unaware, like unaware mm -hmm. filmmakers like really bad filmmakers yeah so i i can't tell anymore right. like i don't yeah. i would like to believe that yeah oh god this was so brilliant yeah tommy was always in on the joke yeah he knew yeah no, no i don't i don't think so i think this is just like you, you might bad, be right bad <laughs> i think this is really bad listen i think that's absolutely possible that it's bad but i don't for me there's like part of it that i don't care a little bit because i feel like um filmmakers often um d don't get their choices correct Dude, like like if it, if it was they, if they'll it was name their intention that, and then i'll be like that can't possibly be your intention you're so wrong your about other, why this what is are good. your other what are your other favorite Wachowski movies? Um, Matrix One, Matrix Two, Matrix Three. What's the one where okay. Tom Hanks there's all fucking there's weird? Like, I like that stupid yeah, movie. I'm no, sorry. Cloud Atlas is great no, until like the last twenty minutes, I thought. Yeah. But there's not really a track record that would insinuate this is part of a brilliant fuck you to Warner Brothers and a self aware commentary. I don't yeah. think. It's really hard like, to tell. Sure. Like because half of it half of it was yes drink my piss you piss pigs and and, on, and yeah. on that level i appreciated it but then the other <laughs> half was the reason people like the matrix is because it was this great love story between neo and trinity <laughs> yeah, and come like on, even in the first one that was laughable it was like the most laughable part of an otherwise good movie was that there was like this deep love affair between these two characters who are kind of just like action figures doing bullet time yeah. like they're not they yeah but really... love is what beat uh, fucking that's what that's what wins the day yeah though. well also the, right. the like the larger love problem, trumps hate the larger problem with this movie is like there's no bad guy like what was the bad guy in all this like they they Neil brought patrick back... harris the yeah. new architect yeah, he's okay. bad because he wants to make the matrix in a uh, way that's like where love can't happen between these two <laughs> characters but he kept them alive to... for some reason because he kept them alive so that the strength of them could be in Inside of the Matrix, yeah, you just don't love. get it. Their love okay. powers the reactor. That's it. I their guess. love powers is extra power, and their manipulation by manipulating them, they get more power for their batteries. Okay. See, this is what happens when you stigmatize aimless fun. Like there has <laughs> yeah. to be some deeper 
fucking like brilliance behind the whole like there is dude it is brilliant it's like okay so it's okay just to have a dumb loud enjoyable movie okay fine though at this point in the matrix real world uh the the all the uh machines are doing civil war with each other so, uh-huh. Oh wait, so, can we talk about the Disney robot friends that they had in this movie? Oh, those guys are awesome! I, I died laughing when the chick like gets off the one and she goes, "Thank you, Sabebe." <laughs> like that was my favorite line in the whole movie, and I rewound yeah. it like six times. Thank you, Sabebe. It's basically Sabebe. like this movie is basically if they let Jeremy Strong do like a, write the whole Succession sequel. Where like that that guy that thinks uh, succession is checkoff. Like if you right. let him plan and shoot uh, the next season of Succession, yeah, <laughs> he would then get it correct, and it would be great, is what you're saying. But can we talk about how fucking ugly this movie is, and how you probably shouldn't yeah, shoot the Matrix scenes in is- in wide shots like it's a Civil War reenactment with techno. Like it yeah. doesn't. It just didn't make any sense. Well, and okay, it looked like they yeah. were under. They looked like they were. They had some constraints due to the pandemic or something, because everything yeah. was so like. I mean, for a movie that it is an action movie, the stuff that was wide and static was like, did it have to? Was this a choice or was this a decision that had to ma- be made within budgetary restraints? Uh, there were okay. There were some questions I had. For example, <laughs> um. They say now they don't use payphones to get out of the matrix anymore. You need to direct all of your questions to Priyanka Chopra. She knows all the answers. I will ask Priyanka, a.k.a. Sati, who was a program who created a very beautiful sky. Anyways, (laughs) um, so they they don't get out of the phone, out of the matrix through the phones, which means that they can now just get out of the matrix whenever. Um, which uh, was confusing because at the moment when they like steal Trinity's body from the egg, um, rather than the, it being like, okay, let's, all right, we're done. Let's get out. Um, they have to do a runaway from, from zombie scene uh, where everyone is like 9-11-ing themselves uh, into, I, into the ground. I also uh, thought it was funny. Why? Because I, at couldn't one point they just the movie, take them I out? Like, at one point in the movie, I was like, this reminds me, this kind of reminds me of the happening, like at the pace it's going. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, that's kind of the happening. Yeah. But, you know, but, but there's more, it's more deep than that though, Bobby. You think you say, that's what you say. Yeah. But I know about art. So, all right. So it's more yeah, deep you than say. that. Yeah. What I say is correct. <laughs> except for, I don't understand why they had to, they, I don't know why they couldn't just unplug everyone as soon as they got her out of the egg. But other than that, the movie made total sense. Like ask me any Dude, question there, about there, the movie. I know the answer. Dude, there's there's literally a part where there's like seven of the agents and they all have mach- fully automatic machine guns. Yeah. And they are standing about four and a half feet from the girl with the blue hair. And yeah. she just decides to make a run for it. And they yeah. and they just squeeze the trigger. They're just like seven fully automatic handguns going off behind her. And she just is not getting hit. And it's like. Oh, so right. she okay well, point, i can answer that she, she she's very fast him. she bullet timed him <laughs> she's very fast so but she, she can wasn't do that. bullet timing no but she uh, but she's very fast at it and they're bad at shooting next question 
Anyone else got a question? Well, Maybe, I got actually, a question. Addressed, yeah, go ahead, Bobby. In the Matrix, what would your Matrix name names be, y'all? Oh. I would be 720p. <laughs> oh, that that's would be good. my name for the Matrix. Oh, that's shit. 720p. He's not really up to snuff. <laughs> um, what would my Matrix? Name I would be, be NTSC. What is that? <laughs> it's a TV format. <laughs> There was oh, a, it's okay. a broadcast standard. Yeah, they were standard hot. definition. Oh, is that what that means? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my name would be like uh, uh, Daddy Long Leg Big Dick <laughs> Lee, something like that. L.A. Matt. Yeah, probably L.A. Matt. L.A. Matt. No, but it was like Daddy Daddy's Dick. Something that like made girls <laughs> horny for me. Daddy's Dick. Daddy's Dick. What is the girls like? That's daddy's, daddy's Dick. Yeah, everyone likes the Daddy. War. Just like Daddy's Dick. <laughs> like Daddy's Dick. Just this bullet. is the ship. This is Sabay. My name would be. Well, there's the My name would station. be Zammer, like Hammer, but with the Z. Yeah. Zammer. And then yeah. And then you'd be like, hey, you want to see Zaddy Zammer? You guys thought, you guys thought it uh, it was going to be stupid, and then it was fucking, you're like, that's actually good. No, that's a good name. Zammer. That's really Zammer. good. Zammer. And I'd have a vest and biceps. <laughs> a biceps Zammer. under or over the vest? Uh, uh, un- over, well, I would be wearing the vest without a shirt underneath and then biceps. Zammer. <laughs> Oh, and biceps would be really strong. Even for the Matrix, that'd be really strong. It wouldn't be biceps be- are arm muscles. Okay. It wouldn't be Beef Rider. No, Beef Rider. That would be disrespectful beef. to. That would be like a crew of people, like Beef and Rider. Uh huh. <laughs> I feel like the the um like Will and Jada Smith. I feel like they're constantly nagging each other in the media, and now like they have it in their contracts that if. One of them does a movie with stupid makeup. The other one has to like try and one up them with stupider makeup. Yeah, but I mean, listen. they're so fucking crazy. I wouldn't be surprised they're just walking around like like inside <laughs> yeah. their house, just fucking speaking gibberish to each other. I thought it was great that Jada Pinkett played um, the same character that she played from before, but with a lot of old person makeup, so that she looked. Me too. Um, unrecognizable mm-hmm. and then they made her character just be like i hate you guys and then that's it like, <laughs> yeah oh i hate but she was Matrix. more powerful yeah. yeah i like that it was weird it I, was I, like i could sense her aura through the makeup and mm-hmm. like because i only realized it was jada pinkett like halfway through the movie and oh <laughs> i had this sort of uh I had this feeling that this character was really annoying and I couldn't figure out why. And then it all, it all sort of clicked when I realized it was Will Smith's wife. I was like, Oh yeah, that's why. Cause, uh, they're you know, it'd be a good idea. Charlie Kaufman should write a screenplay about their, like Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith trying to poison each other. (laughs) Dude. I actually met Jada. Is it Jada? Jada and, and, and Willow. Mm. And they were the fucking like nicest people. Of course, like, they were so they were so fucking nice and like sweet and like I don't know. Like in the job I was working, it was like most people would just kind of like half pay attention to you. They would just like talk to you, like okay, thank you, yeah, yeah. And and, and Willow was like so fucking polite and like sweet and uh, yeah. It just for how crazy they seem in the in the media you're like why do these people seem so fucking like nice and normal and 
I love that there's like <laughs> there's like a third Will Smith like son or whatnot just sneaking up behind you with a straw trying to suck your blood <laughs> and just like no 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 keep him engaged in conversation we want regular guy blood the apology from the piss band about the pissing <laughs> on stage and I can't find it but it's like the <laughs> one of the whatever guy wrote it was like. Yeah, our singer got a little carried away. <laughs> yeah, and that that doesn't represent us. What? Which is dumb because that yeah, was it, again that was like the most exciting thing that happened and yeah, the most and like it, metal rage yeah. it was, machine type shit. Absolutely absurd. Too, yeah, you know, I I love that someone wrote an article that was like, "This is what's wrong with rock and roll," and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Yeah, about? give me a break. It, I mean, just because it was like. This seems to uh, kind of exist a little bit in a vacuum of like, we haven't had a like rock and roll is disgusting conversation in a while. And I feel like this was um, is more like, oh, this is this is what's what's wrong with Florida conversation <laughs> like that would make more sense to me. But um, I yeah, I, I thought it was like badass and cool. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they put a bow on that fucking movie. It did. I'm telling you. Like, it did. That was one of the funniest things I've seen all year. Also, if I, had, just... if I had been at that concert, I would have been going crazy with how awesome it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, so you watch Dude, especially that movie, when the, guy... the, the piss has been that song and, like, those mm-hmm. words and that buildup has been ingrained in your fucking brain. Yeah. So then you, like, watch The Matrix and then the, the old piss feeling starts coming back. I'm telling it's you, like, piss It was, like, the best... It was like almost a Tarantino move, like evoking uh, emotion through sound and picture, I think. Yeah. There was like a really dope part where he's just like the guy getting pissed on, the light goes, hitting him just right, and he's like, he shakes yeah. it and all the piss goes flying and it looks yeah. fucking so cool. Like a dog <laughs> fucking just like trying to get Yeah, dry. trying to drink out of a sprinkler. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so hot, solid yeah. B plus for the Matrix Four, <laughs> and um, I, I think solid B plus for um, this year at uh, at the movies. Uh-huh. Man, I would upgrade it to an A minus if there was more piss references. That's true. Like, That's true. <laughs> I like I like Gucci. I gotta say, Gucci. You're was a big way House of Gucci guy. No. I I loved it. Loved it. I absolutely loved Nothing's it. Nothing's better than Matrix. All Matrix all day. Uh, also saw Power of the Dog. Uh, didn't like it. Um, long, <laughs> long and boring. Um, and uh, Johnny Greenwood, um, you should not do uh, scores for movies that suck because the only uh, you're like he did the score for um, a bunch of P.T. Anderson movies. Like I think he did for uh, There Will Be Blood, and it's like that kind of um, like weird dissonant thing that he does with uh violin strings um on a good movie it makes it even better on a bad movie it makes it long and boring and suck so um it like makes it stressful it makes it stressful and not in a fun way so um power of the dog worst movie of the year um (laughs) but there's a there's a part of house of gucci where uh jared leto goes don't tell me what is it? Fuck! He said, "Don't, Here, I'll, don't I'll bring it up. Don't tell me it it's up. a chocolate. Don't get." He goes, "Don't feed me, cut, cut." 
caca and tell me it's a chocolate. <laughs> he goes, don't confuse a shit with a chocolate. <laughs> Very much the same. But he goes, but, the, but they're different. I should know. <laughs> it's like it's sort of like Super Mario that he's eaten shit before, which was, I mean, I yeah. was, I was dying. And like, we I talked died. to Rachel when we drove through Oregon, Joe, and she was like, this one part of the movie, Joe was the only person in the theater, like crying, laughing. <laughs> and when, when I was doing the same thing, I was like, this had to have been that part. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy that the Gucci family was mad uh, because Al Pacino's like too short to play that. They're like, no, he was a tall, a handsome man, and you get at least a short guy. <laughs> dude, dude, By the, the way, that best was the part first about time that, that movie. Al Pacino. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was just going to say that was the first movie I've seen Al Pacino in in like two decades where he actually sh- shreds. I mean, Even he's Jeremy Irons, Italian. though. He's a great but actor. Jeremy Irons, he like he just gives up like halfway through <laughs> on like the accent, and it just turns yeah. into like, so we're Gucci, we're <laughs> family, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like he gets Australian even more doing an Italian. Yeah, it's like almost even more English than he usually is playing an English guy. Hey, mm. I've got that Jared Leto clip. Here we go. Let's just roll it. Okay. Uh, we both know it's for the best. Both. Never confuse shit with chocolate. <laughs> they may look the same, but the taste very different. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. By the way, Jared Leto is 50, 50 years old. Dude, he's so good. He's he, he looks he was great. Like, he's like, this is gonna be my mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's been a pod. I don't know what you uh, what you guys think. I think we've talked about every movie this year. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. Did I? We got did I ever tell plenty, you guys the Jared, more Leto, the Jared Leto story where we were like catering a job with Jared Leto as at this fancy house? Jared Leto shows up like an hour late. And then he goes in and and he takes a shot. Like everybody's like, where the fuck is Jared Leto? Like he shows up an hour late, 45 minutes go by. They're like, where's Jared? Like go, somebody go find him. Finally, he comes out. He's wearing a, it's not his house. He's wearing a robe (laughs) and he's taking a shower. And he's like, this fucking house has amazing water pressure. You guys got to take a shower. (laughs) And everybody's just like, there's nobody's taking a shower. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I've really flipped on him. I, I love my Leto. Yeah, he's great. Well, where can we find you guys on the internet? <laughs> I left the internet it. years ago. Yeah. Oh, I on did Instagram. Upload. You can find me on Instagram. I had to set up, I had to show this to a friend. Uh, so I cut the piss song into the a bootleg scene from The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that on my youtube page if you really really want to feel it well yeah. what, what's your I YouTube recommend page? it it's uh wait what's that what's your youtube page name bobby oh, hacker bobby bobby hacker is my name no gimmicks all right bobby hacker check him out on youtube joseph clitterco check him out on all the socials 
patreon.com slash broadcast for all of these beautiful episodes where we talk about movies for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> and um, uh, broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. 2021 is almost over. I just wanted to say that at some point. Um, Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you again so much for your continued listening. And until next year, good night and good shins.